We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, guys. I'm here. <laughs> you should put that in. The, you should put that in the podcast right there. <laughs> I, I am recording, so okay. Yeah, hopefully you are recording, because it's ten thirty on a Friday night. You better be recording. What's up? What's up? What's up? And welcome to the What's Up Falcons podcast. My name is Rock, and I'm joined with my boy Q in the house. What's happening, Q? What's happening, Rock? Oh, man, not too much. And my boy Hoop is on the line. What's happening, Hoop? Hey, man, just chilling, man. What's going on? Oh, man, loving this Hawks victory, this Hawks streak, this Hawks hotness. And we have a special guest joining us tonight. Featured columnist at Bleacher Report, Scott Karasik. What's going on, Scott? What's up, y'all? How you doing? Ah, uh, pretty good, man. Feeling good, you know? These Hawks is, you know, giving me some uh, Atlanta pride in our sports, man. They definitely, definitely should. <laughs> Best Hawks team I have ever seen. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, Might they, be the best Hawks team ever. I'm not drinking the Kool Aid yet, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> You're not drinking the Kool Aid? <laughs> it's fair to be skeptical. It is, it is. It's not the playoffs yet, but. Uh... But man, they're doing good. You know, they are winning games. They are That's winning all we can ask for. They're setting records too. Oh, definitely. Unless Cleveland comes along and beats that record, because Cleveland's on fire right now. Yeah. They lost tonight. They just lost. Oh, oh they okay. Did. All right. Well, that ends their yeah. streak at what? Eleven. Twelve. 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 Okay. All right. Well, that's good then. Yeah, I'm not even worried about Cleveland, man. They're. I mean, they're trying to do something, put it together, but you know. I'm not even worried about them. I think the Hawks are going to take it. I'll, 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 maybe, you know, the Rockets may be an issue. But, you know, outside of that. Dwight, Dwight Howard got hurt. Oh, he did? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't think that really helps or hurts them, though. The Rockets seems, man, so far this year. Yeah. And uh, what about the Spurs? I haven't heard too much about the Spurs. <laughs> You know, man, you know the sleeping, you know the sleeping giant. Yeah. As long as they're in the playoffs, you have to worry about them. Right. Yeah. And they will be in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That's when it gets real. And we still got a long way to go. Yeah. They could be that eight seed that sweeps a one seed, and then people go, well, it's the Spurs. So, you know, they're only an eight seed by – because they kind of walk through the season. Hmm. Rest of their guys every other week. Right. Well, I know it's going to be an interesting playoff, so I'm excited. Hawks are giving me something to be very excited about. But uh, we have Scott here, and uh, Scott, just uh, you know, to let everyone know a little bit about your your background, would you uh, 
kind of do a little introduction about yourself? Sure. My name is Scott Karasik. I write for Bleacher Report. I also do a show called Falcon Central Radio as part of the Pro Football Central Network. I've been writing about football for about seven, eight years now. And I'm a lifelong Falcons fan, which is why I've dove as deep as I have into the draft. Right. And dove as deep as I have into the cap and NFL free agency and all that stuff. So. Nice. Oh, you're the perfect guy for my questions then. (laughs) Yes, perfect man. Exactly. Oh, man, I know the cap like the back of my head. My mom was an accountant. Or my mom is an accountant. Oh, okay. Just, I sat there with her and was like, so what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And the cap simple, man. Oh, cool. All right. Well, we'll definitely dive into all that, man. So, um, I mean, since this is our first uh, show we've had since uh, probably before the Super Bowl, we had a best of show and we had a, a show before that. You know, since we didn't make it to the playoffs, we decided just to hold off until we had a uh, draft show, but um, we thought we would have one after the Super Bowl and talk about the new coaching hires and just what's happening with the Falcons lately. So uh, what are you guys thought? I haven't talked to any of you guys since the Super Bowl. I mean, what are your thoughts on about what happened at the Super Bowl? Well, I'm just getting over Rex Ryan going up to Buffalo. I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> Here's a recipe for getting your ass kicked. Oh, I think they made the wise move. They didn't. They didn't panic. You know, they you know waited for their guy. So uh, you know, I, I'm good with it. Okay. Sounds to me like they already had their guy planned out. They just had to wait till the Super Bowl was over. Oh yeah. Uh, the only thing about the Super Bowl to me is I think the outcome would have been different had you uh, handed the ball off to Beast Mode. Exactly. I mean, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, come on, what are you doing, man? You got one of the best running backs in the game, and he's right there, and that's what he does. He'll get you that yard or two. Hey, I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Like Steven Jackson. It, just, it, it was eerily familiar. Man, Steven Jackson wouldn't get you that yard. <laughs> Steven, He'll get you one yard. Steven Jackson specializes one in one and two yard runs. Steven Jackson specializes in that negative one, the negative two yard run. Come on, man. This yeah. is Steven Jackson 2014, not Steven and Jackson 2007. <laughs> I, I just hope he doesn't end up on the roster this year. That's all I pray for. Well, considering you saved $3.75 by cutting him, I don't think you keep him. Yeah. Well, we need a big back for short, uh, for short yardage, so I don't know what we're going to do about that because everyone else we have, you know, all the other running backs we have, they're kind of light in the pants as far as I'm concerned. Man, this okay. year is full of guys you can get in that sixth, seventh round. Right. Um, Days out of Georgia Tech. He played in the zone scheme, too. Right. You got Matt, uh, Matt Jones out of Florida who played in the zone scheme, 235 pounds. You got Kenny Hilliard out of Louisiana State, 235 pounds. You even got Marlon Wayne out of Tennessee who's probably going to weigh in at 220. And all those guys are bigger, stronger backs for that short yardage. And worst case, that, you, know, you can go and you can re-sign Steven Jackson for a million dollars and be like, hey, do you want to play one more year? You're, this is your role. You have to accept it to stay. I you agree with that. Primary. Or we can call Michael Turner. <laughs> no, we're not bringing Michael <laughs> Bring back the bowling ball. I want to see Michael Turner out there. <laughs> We got a mini bowling ball. We got Jacquez. 
It's a quiz. You should let quiz go. Quiz should go. <laughs> and so should, uh, so should Steven Jackson. Right. Devontae Freeman should be the main back. Draft Sinjin Days in the seventh with um, Matt Jones with him. And then just teach one of these guys how to catch and you'll have a, a decent pairing. And get this kid uh, from Yale, Zachary Varga, in the seventh too. Hmm. He's a beast. 227 pounds. They tried him at fullback at the senior bowl. He looked okay, but he's a running back who can catch out of the backfield. Now, if I was going to keep any running back as my premier back, I think I was going to keep uh, Smith, right? No, nah, Smith can't run between the tackles. His best value is out in space. So use him as that third down change of pace guy. I mean, you still give him more carries than what he's hitting. So we need three three running backs? Well, yeah, you got a three-headed monster. You got a short yardage specialist. You got Freeman who gets the bulk of your carries. And then you've got... Um, you know, Anton Smith, who's that big play guy who you also want to the slot receiver every now and again. All right. And we can afford all that? Yeah, that's the thing. What's that going to... That's cheap. That's cheap? Those backs don't even make no money. No, well, that's true. You, you got two guys who are going to be on rookie contracts, like rookie late-round contracts, too, which is right near the minimum. Right. And then you've got, you know, Anton Smith is going to make maybe a million and a half a year, which is peanuts. Right. Compared to a $140 million salary cap. So Atlanta's investment in running backs at most this year is going to be four and a half, five million. I'm not really worried about that. Well, let's talk about what we are really worried about. Let's talk about the defense. Oh, yeah. What are we going to do about that defense, man? (laughs) Well, you got $31 million in cap space and you can open up even more. I mean, there's a lot of options. You're not getting so do we get- JPP, though. Those guys aren't leaving their cities. Those guys are either going to get franchised or get really long How about Dominican too? Yeah, what about Dominic? That's been that's, His name's been thrown around a lot. That's the one that might not get franchised because he has got a ridiculous cap figure. It's like $27.5 million if he gets franchised. And no team is going to give a guy $27.5 million. One year, fully guaranteed deal for that. They're just not going to do it. Um... If they let him test the market, Atlanta will come with a big off. And I don't see why they would. If they do that, they got to cut Sterling Eye and uh, Jackson. But it'd be worth it because you have Sue and Hageman. You play Sue as your three, Hageman as your one tech, and then just rotate in Babineau and try and resign Peters for that third man rotation and have a nasty group. Hmm. Cool. That's interesting. Hey, why didn't uh, Chris Richards, the uh, was he the defensive backs coach for the uh, Seahawks? Why didn't he uh, want to come to Atlanta? Does anyone know? Because he wanted to be the defensive coordinator of the Seahawks instead of the defensive backs coach, defensive passing game coordinator for the Falcons. And he, and he got that job. That's a done deal. You got it. Yeah, he, he's going to get that defensive coordinator job. That's pretty much guaranteed. And then Ken Norton didn't want to come because he's getting the Raiders job. Yeah, I saw he got that today. And man, I, who I, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I didn't know we lost Mike Tice to the Oakland Raiders. It's okay. The Hawks have a, not the Hawks. The Falcons have a guy who's going to be a um, a zone blocking scheme. Mm-hmm. Chris Morgan. A, yeah, Chris Morgan. He's a um, he's worked under Tom Cable. Right. He's worked under Kyle Shanahan in two different places, and he, he's worked with Alex Gibbs, so he knows the scheme. Uh, all right. What about Harry Douglas? Does Harry Douglas come back? 
Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> unfortunately. So, so why, why, why are you saying unfortunately? Because you have so many better options than Harry Douglas. Like, for the, for the money he makes? Or you just don't like the way he plays? Just in general. I mean, you could bring up Bernard Reedy from the practice squad and get more bang for your buck. Wow. No, you just don't like Harry, man. No, <laughs> I do like Harry. That's the thing. I just don't think he does anything special anymore. He's not obscenely fast like he was when he first came out. He, he had that injury. Routes. Yeah, you know, he's just, he's a very average at everything wide receiver. And average at everything is great when he's making the veteran minimum and is your fifth guy and he's a special teamer the way Drew Davis is. Average, like I think Harry Douglas and Drew Davis are the same guy. Douglas just has more opportunity given to him because he was a draft pick and because he and Matt Ryan are friends and he and Roddy White are friends and that's why I think he's kept. Now, if he takes a pay cut, I'll keep him for as long as he wants if he wants to stay for like $2 million a year. Because that kind of stuff, that tangible stuff, you can't teach. Right. You might as well keep that on your roster. What about uh, Justin Blaylock? Does he come back? I think for a season he comes back. I heard Sam Baker could get cut too. Oh, they should cut Baker. Yeah, I agree. He's absolutely useless at this point. He's an injury. I mean, you're paying him $10 million to sit on your injury yeah. every year. It's just not worth it. He should have been cut the okay. previous season, if you ask me. He should have never been given the contract that he was given in the first place and been given an approval deal to see if he could stay healthy. I agree. Totally. He's been a big bust hey, for us. Hey, Scott, I do have a very serious question that's been just burning. What? It's in my head, okay? What's up, who? Did Mike, did Mike Smith snitch to the NFL about Soundgate and pumping <laughs> that sound in the Georgia Dome the last two years? What do you think? Mike Smith? No. I think, <laughs> but I think it was Sean Payton. <laughs> oh, you Sean really? Payton. I think it was Sean Payton, honestly. I think it was anyone that's ever been to a Falcons game because I've sat in the, <laughs> at a Falcons game and I thought to myself, this noise doesn't sound genuine, but, you know, whatever. whatever. It's not the first <laughs> to do it. There were four teams investigated in 2013 for it. I, I know Minnesota got busted for it years ago. And they didn't get anything happened. And nothing <laughs> happened. Yeah. They got, they got a $500,000 fine. That was it. Atlanta will probably be found guilty. Atlanta will probably lose like a fifth or sixth round pick, yeah. which let's be yeah. honest, that doesn't really mean anything. And then okay, we'll lose like a million bucks. And that's whatever. Because Arthur Blank pretty much admitted to it. Like he kind of threw someone under the bus from what I read. I mean, not oh, like yeah. he denied it. Oh yeah, if you go and you look on the, uh, the staff page, it's missing a name that was there earlier in the year. And I'm not going to say the name. because I'm not going to throw someone under the bus. Right. Okay. But... It's basically that's the, that's the person who's going to be the scapegoat. I'll put it that way. Somebody took the fall. Okay. Someone took the fall <laughs> within the uh, within the uh, what is it the stadium vacations yeah. something facility operations department. Is what Pretty it's much like how the ball boy is going to take the fall for uh, the Patriots. The plate gate. Yeah, exactly. That guy's getting fired, so the uh, the Falcons are going to do pretty much the exact same. He's getting fired, but he's going to get paid to keep his mouth shut. He's fired, and then he'll start working for like Miami next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I see. Uh, I see Nick Nick Saban threw his name out there as far as uh, saying you know Dan Quinn is the man. Uh, does anyone know what ties uh, Saban has to Quinn? Because I'm not sure. All right, so 
Quinn worked under Saban in Miami, no five and no six as a defensive line coach. And Saban's baby is the defensive line. So the fact that he says Dan Quinn is a great coach is you shouldn't take with a grain of salt. The fact that Pete Carroll says he's a great coach, you shouldn't take with a grain of salt. Will Muschamp said he was a great coach. You can kind of take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> I'm not worried too much about it when you've got Pete Carroll and yeah. Nick Saban saying yes. Okay. Well, that makes me feel good. And Steve Mariucci must have said he's a great coach. So you got three really good coaches who are like, this guy's a damn good coach. We should probably keep him. All right. Well, I mean, I'm happy definitely with uh, the choice of Dan Quinn. Way more so than Rex Ryan. And uh, I wanted Rex Ryan to come to Atlanta. I think there's lots of women out here that are neat and uh, getting their feet rubbed. I just thought it would be a perfect fit. Well, yeah, if you want that, then you, you definitely have that. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I'm happy with Dan Quinn and... Uh, and I'm glad, you know, Keith still, Keith Armstrong is still hanging around for our uh, special teams coach. Hey, and Brian Cox keeps his job. Brian Cox is still here, everybody. He deserves yeah. it. Because he didn't really have any edge rush talent, and the talent that he did have, they weren't playing. Because, you know, Mike Smith hates pass rushing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard the Atlanta Hawks coach needed a drinking buddy, so it just worked out that, uh... <laughs> No, Mike Smith isn't a drinker, man. Mike Smith is a designated driver. Have you heard him talk? He's so no, like. No, 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 no. The Hawks, the Hawks. No, he's talking about Brian Cox. <laughs> Brian Cox and. Uh, he needed a drinking buddy with the. Uh, um, Coach Bud. Coach Bud, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Bud needed a drinking buddy, so he's happy. <laughs> Uber, Uber. Oh, yeah. Uber, Ho- hopefully, Uber, yes. He's going to be an Uber driver. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's interesting, but um, oh, I was going to break it. Hey, has Buffalo hired a defensive coordinator? Because I heard uh, a long time ago, actually on Bleacher Report, that uh, that Mike Smith and Rex Ryan were in cahoots and that uh, as long as Rex Ryan didn't get the Atlanta job, that Mike Smith would be his defensive coordinator wherever he went. So does anyone know, does Buffalo officially have a defensive coordinator? They do. It's Dennis Thurman, the puppet that was in, uh, interesting. That was in with the Jets. Did, well, you hear, did you hear that same rumor or no? Mike Smith said, hey, Rex, you're in Buffalo. I really don't want to live in Buffalo, so I'm out on that deal. I've never given up so many rushing yards in my life. Because Buffalo is cold. Does Mike Smith yeah. get a job this season, or is it officially pretty much done for uh, nah, it's, the it's coordinator good. jobs? He gets to graduate high school before he takes another job. He doesn't want to move out of Atlanta. I guess. Really? He's probably so staying here. I can really respect that, though. I can, too. Jim Morris like, said the same thing. You kidding me? I made all the money I needed to make. Right. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe the defensive coordinator of Georgia Tech opens up and they hire him. Good. I, did, I think he'd do well there. Well, wouldn't mind if he was the defensive coordinator at Georgia, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's a whole other set of problems right there, man. Fruit's actually a really good coach. I don't like Let, let's talk yeah, about... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say no, go before ahead, go we, before we get too carried away, I think we should talk about what the what the major problem is for the Falcons. That you know, we talked about offense, and I don't think offense is that big of a problem. No, where you go? Um, we need to. Well, what, what does everyone think about Shanahan as the OC? Does that work? Shanahan's awesome as an offensive coordinator, especially for Atlanta's personnel. Atlanta needed to switch to his own blocking scheme with a lot of deep passing last year. 
Right. And Shanahan's going to come in and be like, well, I want to do a zone blocking scheme and some deep passing. So everything that Atlanta needed to do, he's like, hey, let's do it. All right. Well, that satisfies that. Then let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the defense, because, I mean, that's where we struggled last year. You know, every game was, you know, we talked about every game going into last season was going to be a shootout. You know, yeah. last team that has the ball is probably going to win. Unfortunately, you know, the Falcons, they were the last team a couple of times to have the ball, but they just didn't win. But let's talk about the defense. Who goes, who stays? And please tell me that both defensive ends go, Scott. Oh, talking about OC and, uh, and Croy? Yes. Yes, tell me oh, they both, God, they both, they both leave. Or tell me Croy at least gets reduced to his role of uh, special teams, which he's great at. They're not on contract, so I don't see any way that they do stay. Yeah, uh, Croy, he's, he's a free agent now, or he's becoming a free agent? I thought he signed a new contract going into last season. No, it was Was it just years. a one-year deal? Nope. It, no, Croy didn't sign anything. He's a he's a complete free agent on March 10th, which is when the league year starts. Oh, so, that's, that's perfect. Yes. OC and Croy and all these guys are gone March 10th. Yes. Officially. Now you got to replace both of them, and I know you can't do any worse. But I mean, what do we have in plans of replacing both starting defensive ends? Because that's a hell of a challenge. Well, I think at one defensive end spot, you start Malachi Goodman as that five technique base left end. Mm-hmm. And I think he had some good moments last year. He was pretty solid, and I think at your base, as your Leo, your rotational Leo, you have Jonathan Masterpoint. So, okay. Okay. So, uh, so I take it the uh, our top. What, the, what are we drafting? Twelve. What, what, what are we drafting this year? Eight. 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 Will that will that pick be dedicated to uh, you know showing up that pass rush or maybe an outside linebacker? I think that's a pass rusher, guaranteed. Okay. Unless for some reason Atlanta brings in Brian Arakpo and say. Michael, not Michael Bennett, uh, Pernell McPhee at the same time. I don't see any way it goes with just goes without taking a pass rush from there. And I think they're going to take Dan Quinn's boy from Florida, uh, Dante Fowler. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about linebackers for a second. What happens with uh, Weatherspoon? He comes back, right? They're going to resign. So Weatherspoon's up for a contract this year? Weatherspoon's up for a contract. I think they resigned him to approve a deal. You know, like two million dollars with the potential of getting five kind of situation where if he's healthy for all 16 games, he gets five million dollars, which I'm sure he'd be perfectly happy to take. And then if he's healthy and he makes a Pro Bowl, he gets another billion, which let's be honest, if he's healthy, he's probably going to make a Pro Bowl. So you could have a comeback player of the year in Sean Weatherspoon for really cheap leading that defense. And... Warlow reducing his role, taking out man coverage, taking out those outside flat zones, and just having him in that central zone mm-hmm. is probably going to be for the best because he's not a coverage linebacker. Not he's great. a linebacker. Yeah, he's a run defense linebacker, and he's that short zone linebacker. He's basically a cheaper version of what Curtis Lofton gave you, and they're going to ask him to do the same kind of things. And do you see any of these cornerbacks thriving under uh, Quinn's uh, defense schemes? I think that's defensive screen. I think that's who's going to have the best possible situation. Uh, Trufant and Alford are going to. I mean, Alford is perfect as a press corner. That is his game. That's how he does best. 
And then Trufant, I mean, Trufant can play anywhere. He's a top five corner in the league. So, I mean, tell him to press, he'll press, he'll do well. Tell him to play. Are you serious right now? Trufant's a top five? Really? He's a top five cornerback in the league. If you don't believe that, I question what games you're watching. Who's ahead of uh, Trufant then? You've got Richard Sherman. Yep. You've got Darrell Revis. you got right. Chris Harris out in Denver. Mm-hmm. And you got Vontae Davis. That's what about, it. What about the old guy out there in Oakland? Or what got, about, uh, where's he at? Where's, uh... Charles Woodson's playing center, or not center field, playing uh, free safety. It's free safety, okay. Yeah, okay. okay, I got you. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, true. so long, as we keep, long as we keep Willie Moore healthy, we'll be good, huh? Well, Atlanta needs a free safety, but I think you could have Desmond Sadler shock there. He's a really good fit for that role in that defense. We have enough people around here doing that shit. And do you think the Falcons venture out and maybe pick up a running back that might have had a little bit of trouble in the past, like a Ray Rice or a Adrian Peterson? Man, Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice are done. I, like Atlanta won't do any. Just because Atlanta's getting a new coach doesn't mean that they're going to completely relax on the off-field stuff. The on-field stuff, the aggression, they're going to look for a lot more of that. They didn't have that under Mike Smith because Mike Smith liked his players timid and intelligent and disciplined and all that basically bullshit that... (laughs) Like, I want my players to be fucking pussies. And that's what they got him. A bunch of fucking pussies. They tried to man up. They tried to man up on hard knocks. They tried to man up on hard knocks. But how motivated does Mike Smith get you? Not at all. Put me to sleep. Yeah. Motivating is a wet sock. He is. He is. Those. Well, I mean, don't don't talk about him too bad. He is the winning winningest head coach in Falcons history. By teaching Atlanta how to not shoot themselves in the foot. <laughs> and now that they know how to not shoot themselves in the foot, they need to actually learn how to win fucking games. What do you think about Julio Jones? Does Dan Quinn uh, sit down and give Julio a very long-term deal? I think you need to. Because Dan Quinn's not a moron, I'm going to say yes. What are you, ignorant? Arthur Blank said, you know, Julio's situation's up to, up to Dan Quinn, but... Uh, I don't know. Okay. To me, to me that kind of leaves room to back out. Well, I get to tell you yes or no. Do I want Julio Jones? I mean, at the next press conference, he was laughing as the question came up. So Julio Jones, are you planning on keeping him? He goes, of course. He was a bitch to. He was a bitch to game plan for. Is basically what he said. Hey guy, I do have a question regarding that. Who has final personnel say out of that the hierarchy now with? You know, uh, Dimitrov, you know, I don't know what he is now. He's general manager he's, with... He's the general uh, manager. He has the final say over the camp roster. Right. He goes out, okay. he gets... He has the official final say on the collection of 90 guys that come in for training camp this year. Okay. okay. And when... takes the 53 best guys out of that 90-man group and says, this is my roster. Okay. This is who I want. This is who I trust the most. Boom, he's done. But okay. honestly, it's going to be the same setup as it was last year. I talked with a bunch of agents, and they're all laughing at me like, Atlanta did the same thing last year. Like, there is no such thing as final say in Atlanta. They all collaborate for everything. Oh, wow. I was say, that doesn't sound too good for me. I don't like that. Yeah. Don't... You should, because Mike Smith isn't getting final say on anything 
I mean, did he? So we, we're blaming all the roster deficiencies on Mike Smith, not the Mitchell. Mike Smith's call to not go get edge rushers. He said, "Oh, I can manufacture pressure as long as we stop the run." So Demetrius, I mean, like, he, hey, he didn't I sign Ray play. Edwards. Ray Edwards got signed. He sucked. Yeah, that one was on Demetrius. I'm gonna blame. Okay, I'm making sure now. And Dimitrov's already Dimitrov's already come out and said, "Hey, I made a big mistake with Red. My bad." Yeah, that was horrible. He's already admitted to it though. He was like, "Hey, uh, my bad. I should have never done." I got you. I got you. Well, you know, entitled to a mistake here or there. Exactly, and that's why that's why I get aggravated when people attack him all the time. Like, guys, he's admitted to mistakes and been like, "Yeah, you know, I probably should get some pass rushers." Yeah, but I mean, it's it's great that he admits the mistakes. But I mean, they're mistakes that are made by a guy that's been the, been around the league for a long time. It's like, you know, why is he even making these mistakes? Every every GM makes mistakes. You're not going to hit on every single pick. You're not going to hit on every single free agent. He hits on a higher percentage of draft picks than most guys do. He hits should, on shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't he hit on more free agents than he should draft picks? Because you never know what's going to happen with a draft pick like Jamal Anderson. I mean, if you can hit on your draft picks, it's better because you don't have to pay as much in free agency because you don't have as many holes in the roster. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I feel that. I feel that too, yeah. And then you sign the guys that you drafted in the first place and you don't even have to worry about it. What happens with Tyler Starr? What do you think happens with Tyler Starr? Is he, does he have a future in Atlanta or in the league at all? Does he get on if the field? If you know how to play linebacker, I think he's a good fit for the strong side linebacker role under Quinn. Um, I don't think that he's a long-term fit, though, which sucks because I like Tyler Starr. I think he's a good athlete. I think he's an intelligent guy who, you know, busts his ass. He's a hard-working dude. He's a blue-collar, lunchpail kind of guy. You can only get so many of those. Right. But I, I don't see a way that he doesn't at least make it to the camp roster. He's still on his rookie contract. He's making 521000 which is chump change for the NFL. And... You know, he, he deserves a role. Well, that's true. I think we, hopefully we'll see him a little more this season, you know? Hey, in your honest opinion, can uh, Dan Quinn save this defense? Because this was a horrible defense. I think if Dan Quinn runs this defense, In one year, in one year, in one year, can we get, you know, how many yeah. games can we win in one year? Yeah, you could turn this defense from... All right, so say it's the 32nd-ranked defense right now. Right. I think next year, at the very least... Dan Quinn could have an average 16th, 17th. In one year? In one year. Oh, yeah, easy. And with the offense? Because the scheme issues would have put, if they would have just run a decent scheme, they'd be in that 21 to 24 range now. If they would have just played Massaquan, they would have been in that range too. Like, they, Mike Smith played favorites. If you ever talk to players that were starters, they loved him. If you talk to anybody who was below a starter, mm-hmm. they're like, man, fuck Mike Smith. I said that in one of our podcasts. Atlanta's yeah. one of those who you know type teams. If they like you, you stick around for a while. And that's why I got a feeling Croy Beerman, they like that guy. I got a feeling you might see him on the field nope. playing defensive end next year. Nope. Hell no. Nah, I think he's done, man. Nope. You think you think a new coach wants to put up with that shit, yeah. man? <laughs> I, I hope a new coach doesn't. But, you know, the, the people above the head coach, I, I just got a feeling, you know, we're going to see some of those same faces out there this year that we saw last year that we were wondering why are they out there? I think Chris heading to Oakland. You, oh, see? Wow. Perfect fit for him. We go to die. Pack it up, him and his wife, and all those damn kids, move to Oakland. Move to California. 
And it's close to, to it's close to LA. Perfect for yeah. He'll go start inside linebacker. Better than Osmers. What'd you say, Sky? You kind of cut out. He'll start inside linebacker for that. It's going to be uh, better than Miles Brooks. That was a lot of good information right there, y'all. <laughs> I know. I learned a lot in these last 20 minutes, man. <laughs> I know. Wow. I mean, you know, well, from what I'm hearing and just, you know, reading about and everything else, it sounds like, you know, they're coming serious this time. I mean, a new author, that is, you know, not an option for him. He has a huge investment. That stadium, those prices, he wants a winning team. And uh, I think so far from what the choices that they're making, it seems definitely in the right direction. I think the PSLs are still going to hurt them, though. I think the PSLs are going to hurt them. From what I've heard, the PSLs so far are hurting them. Yeah. Man, I hate how people bring up Arthur wants a winning team because of the stadium. No, I, Arthur wants a winning team because he's an original 66 fan. That's why he wants a winning team. He yeah, bought the team because he was tired of them losing all the fucking time. Well, yeah, but, the, too, the, too, but, but Arthur's, Arthur's the same guy that was uh, uh, trying to hire uh, Rex Ryan, and then it sounds like he would have, but Rex just didn't get as much creative control as he wanted. So that's that's what worries me. And exactly, and at the end of the day, even though he wants a winning team, he's still a businessman, and this is a huge investment that he's you know putting on the table here. And the way the fan base is here, and how hard we criticize the Falcons. You know, if he didn't really, you know, wasn't a business guy, he wouldn't care and just pick who he wanted to pick. So I think it's a little both, though. No, if he he picked who he thought is the best coach to win the most games because it's a win-win for him. If Atlanta wins more games, he's happy as a fan, and he makes money because these PSLs are going to sell. Right. If Atlanta loses games, he's pissed off because he's a fan, and he's not making money, so he's double pissed off. It's like Robert Kraft, man. If he, if the Patriots started losing games tomorrow, he would be livid because he's a fan first. Right. Then he bought the team. Well, I mean, I definitely believe that Arthur's a fan, without a doubt, and he, and he definitely wants a winning team. I, I, you know, I have no doubts about that. But <laughs> yeah, Jerry Jones is a fan too. I want yeah. Mason Doyle. <laughs> you see what's going on there? But I'm just saying that that's still a huge investment that this whole city is undertaking and he's having to convince a lot of people about this that it's worth the investment i mean it's a it's a pretty controversial thing psls are a horrible idea in general mm-hmm. they don't really do anything other than i mean financially it's just a bad investment what he's doing is he's selling all the big good seats to corporations right and it's basically going to be ticket places and others that are going to end up buying the seats anyway I've been to a Carolina Panthers game and uh, or a few Carolina Panthers games and uh, the PSLs don't seem to bother them out there because uh, they have butts in the seats. Yeah, but their PSLs were also on average $1,500. But, you know, it's Carolina, not Atlanta. I think Atlanta has a lot more money to spend than Carolina. I don't know. It just kind of worries me. Yeah, but Atlanta as a city, there's all of maybe a million people actually born raised from atlanta and then the rest of the city is from pittsburgh and philly and miami new york and chicago and places that aren't atlanta because there's no jobs up there so they moved to atlanta right transplants yeah but from what i read in ajc today they said they're not having the best of luck so far selling tickets with these new psls and they're not going to until atlanta wins a 
wins the Super Bowl. And then Atlanta's nowhere near close to winning the Super Bowl, I don't think. I think that defense is still like three or four years out. I think you can build a defense in two years. Hmm. Especially since Atlanta has a lot more talent than people are giving them credit for on defense. And the offensive line's going to hold up? I think the offensive line, as long as they stay healthy, is really good. Jake Matthews, Joe Hawley, John Osamboa, and Ryan Trader are four-year, five long-term starters. Right. You can take a guy in the fourth round like an Ali Marpet out of Hobart and have a great offensive line. That's the uh, the uh, the new um, center, right? The guy you mentioned, uh, Ryan? Is that the new center that was our third center after... Um... No, that's James Stone. Ryan Schrader was the right tackle, oh, okay. who for eight games looked like a skinny Claybo, and then got destroyed in the final game. And Stone looked pretty decent. Yeah. Stone was mediocre, man. Stone wasn't very good. Stone looked good because Blaylock and Asamoah were looking great, and they made it easier on him. But Stone as a center, was he was failing with his protection calls. He just... Uh, he should not be starter next year. He's a hating hole of fame. He should not. He's a good long-term center, but he's not a starting center in the future. Okay. I mean, I, I don't want to jump on the young fella, uh, but uh, I'll read somewhere where was Jake Matthews rated the worst left tackle in the league? Was that true? Did I read that right? Yeah, by pro football focus, who doesn't know how to grade offensive linemen. <laughs> okay. I, was, I never read something. I was like, damn, they're being rough on the young fella. <laughs> they also thought Corey Lindsley was a great center this year, and he looked awful <laughs> the entire season. Wow. So it, it, when they learn how to grade offensive linemen, let me know. But they, they don't now. <laughs> if it isn't the most diabolical haters. Indeed, man. Well, hey, guys. Well, let's just move it on then to um, predictions for the draft. Do you guys have any uh, predictions on who you think the Falcons are going to pick up in the uh, in the draft? I have no clue. I'm going to be watching with my popcorn as they <laughs> draft a fucking running back. I'm going to throw something at the TV. <laughs> get a pass rush, man. Just give me something. Just give me something. Pass rush. Yeah. I think that first round pick is going to be a pass rush. Whether it's Dante Fowler or Bud Dupree or Vic Beasley or Randy Gregory, who knows? But I think they're going pass rush no matter what. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that, well that, I need to hear. Well, yeah, that, that's definitely what they need to what about um, Leonard Williams from USC? What was Shane and Ray? He's a, Leonard Williams is a, is a three technique. He's a guy that you basically have Leonard Williams and Rasheed Hageman right now. Oh, okay. Big baby. <laughs> big baby. Yeah, big baby. <laughs> hey, give me big baby and <laughs> friggin' solely I as the starters next year and you'll have a good, good run defense. <laughs> Or Big Baby and Peters at the run, as the starters next year, and you'll have a good run defense. All right. Scott, you sure you're not drinking Kool-Aid? Would you care for a glass? I'm not drinking Kool-Aid at all, man. Those two guys are, like, when it comes to defensive linemen, that's the one spot in the draft that I hit on pretty much every year. Right. And I do really well with it. And those two just, like, Rasheed Hageman, I had a mid-first-round pick on, and I don't understand why he fell so far. I really don't. Other than he's a big baby. Exactly. <laughs> that you, you hit it on the hill. The hit right there. Yep, that's the it. Perfect situation for him is Atlanta, where Brian Cox can sit there and go, "You're a big fucking baby. Get over yourself." 
And he he definitely needs that type of uh, of uh, mentor, I guess, or, or you know, pressure on him because he seems like he could go left or right, you know, if, if he doesn't have some sort of guidance on him. Like that's what he told him in the uh, on uh, Hard Knocks that don't let these streets of Atlanta get you because they will it will get you. Scott, I don't think he. I don't think Hageman is who he's got to worry about in that defensive line group. I'll put it that way. I think he's. I think with Brian Cox, he's going to be fine. Right. I think you got to get Tyson Jackson out of there though. Because mm. he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> we need. Right, we need to, yep. We need to bring back that kid that retired. We need him back. He's going to be broke soon. He'll be back. Parade, right, yeah, yeah, he already got yeah. arrested, didn't he? Yeah, he got arrested already. <laughs> he, needs bail, he needs bail money. <laughs> Who was that? Brian Great Cox and bail him out. He's such a joke. Oh. He's so horrible. <laughs> He's so horrible. Oh, well, most, most fans, and, and not casual fans, you know, people that watch the games every single week and go to the games, you know, we're worried about that defense. So, we, you know, it's great we got a defensive-minded coach, but we got our eye on that defense. You're saying two years? Two years? Two years. Because you got a coach who actually understands player development and wants to make these guys better than they are. So, Scott, what do you think we'll do next season, record-wise? Are we a 10-win team? I don't think so. Yes. Really? Yes. Well, one, next year's schedule is a joke. Is that because we're in the NFC South? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that. (laughs) Like, Like, next year's schedule is... You got the NFC South, which wasn't good this year. Horrible. You've got the a- the NFC East, which the tough games are, you know, Dallas and Philly. You got Philly at home, so that's not too bad. Then you got Washington and the Giants, which that's whatever. Then you got the AFC South, which Houston and Indy are tough games, but they're at home. And then you go to Jacksonville, and, Jacksonville. <laughs> and Tennessee. Yeah. Wow. You got San Francisco being led by a Muppet. And Scott, I hear you, buddy, and I hate to break, break, cut you off, but those, uh, that's whatever teams are the teams that beat us last year, and that's what worries me, like uh, Minnesota. Yeah, but you're playing Minnesota at home, not on that shitty grass field that's maintained by a horrible college. We made Teddy Bridgewater look like Brett Favre out there, man. Yeah, he did. If Atlanta didn't me. lose all, didn't lose three offensive linemen in that game, I guarantee you they win that game. Wow. If Joe Hawley doesn't go down, Atlanta destroys the Vikings that fourth quarter. They were driving for a touchdown, and Bridgewater was shitting his pants. But people are going to go down, and that's the thing we we're worried about. Do we have offensively on the offensive line and defensively? Can we have afford to have people go down? Willie Moore? Willie Moore, can we afford to have him go down another year? Miss a bunch Kamal of games. Ishmael, Kamal Ishmael developed so well, and he's going to look so much better in that new scheme. I'm not worried about William Moore going down. I'm worried about the free safety. If Desmond Salford goes down, or whoever you get for that deep ball safety, that's what I'm worried about. You've got the strong safety covered easily between Moore and Ishmael. Because Ishmael, in the games that more that more went down, he had four picks. And you take out his deep responsibilities, he'll be fine. There you have it. There you have it. He'll be like our he'll be like our camp chancellor, man. <laughs> Basically, hell, play William Moore deep. He could actually do it. 
it did seem like when Willie Moore did come back from that injury, we did have a flash there for a while, and that was nice. Yeah, but I mean... That's because he comes with all that energy. If you have Moore and Weatherspoon and Warlow all healthy leading that defense, that's going to be a rough defense to face. And Fowler is the same kind of guy on the field that Weatherspoon is, where he's just chatting and keeping guys motivated and energy up. Right. You want that, because Hageman will play better that way. No, I definitely can see that with the, with the motivation of those guys out there. I was just just those injuries though that William Morris really has had. I, I don't think we've seen the end of those, and I think he's maybe a couple away from totally being done. Yeah, that yeah, I I agree. I say you slide him down the linebacker, have Spoon and Moore as your outside linebackers with Warlow in the middle. I think that's your best set. All right. Is Willie big enough to handle that? He's 225 pounds. All right. I think he is. Shit. Can you lend a nigga a pencil? <laughs> the kid that won the uh, Super Bowl MVP was only 220 pounds in the last two years. Hmm. Well, we shall all see. We shall all see this year when they uh, kick it back into gear, I guess. And it uh, should be a very interesting season, if anything. We, you know, a whole new personnel. And uh, we're going to be, I guess, staying posted on all new players coming in and going out. So, you know, oh, I'm not getting excited yet drinking the Kool-Aid. But so far with the staffing choices and getting rid of letting Smitty go, even though I like Smitty and wish him the best of luck. I think that, uh, you know, so far I'm pretty happy where we're headed. Hey, Scott, where do you think Michael Vick ends up? The retirement area, whatever that's called. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I absolutely Michael agree. Vick sucks. He was either too lazy in Atlanta to be a real full quarterback throwing the ball to open receivers, or he had just come out of prison and he was past his prime, or he was really past his prime and shouldn't be on the field. Nice. He beat the Steelers. <laughs> well, that brings up another quarter. Uh, you play once every four years. You really don't care if you can beat the Steelers. I'm more worried about the guy that can beat the Saints and the Panthers and the Bucks with regular with regularity. You beat those three teams all the time. You go six and over versus those three teams, or five and one versus those three teams every year. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Because yeah. that's half of your ten wins to make the playoffs. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, what do y'all guys think about one last thing? And I guess we could start wrapping it up. Um, as far as the new wave of quarterbacks, these guys that the 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 more physical quarterbacks, the guys that you know, the runners. And uh, how they're kind of uh, getting, I guess, not exposed, but realizing that they're in the NFL and they're getting knocked out. And just because you can run doesn't mean that uh, you should run all the time. Like, look at Kaepernick. You know, looks. Yes, sir, you're talking about Kaepernick. Yeah, <laughs> Kaepernick. That's exactly who he's <laughs> talking about. Yes, that's they're trying to make him a trying to make him a passer this year. It's all exactly. that how that shit works. Exactly. Look at him. Look at RG. He needs to learn touch. Say what? Yeah. He needs to learn touch. Yeah, he right. throws every ball like a bullet. Yeah. He 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 throws 
he's out there chucking them like Brett Favre. He's breaking his receiver's fingers and not giving catchable balls to his guys. That's true. If he just takes a little bit off of it, throws it a little more accurately, he'll be fine. But he's throwing everything like it's a a fastball on you know on an opening pitch in the strike series. You know, isn't, that what, him... isn't that what Vic used to do? That's exactly what Vic used to do. Yeah. Kaepernick's no smart enough to go, you know what? Maybe I should not do that. And have a coach who will sit there and tell him, hey, maybe you shouldn't break the receiver's fingers. What are you saying, Q? No, I just said uh, when Vic was here, you know, he had that reliable source in Crumpler. Crumpler could catch those bulletproof pass balls. Kaepernick, he has Vernon Davis. That's true. He has Michael Crabtree. He has Anquan Bolden. He has way more than than Michael Vick ever had here in Atlanta. Well, you know we're all black, so we had to bring up Michael Vick. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't care. Vick sucks so bad. I'm I'm afraid, you know, Matt Ryan, great quarterback, but he is exposed when it comes to throwing that deep ball. Matt Ryan is not a deep ball thrower, and and, and I think everyone knows it. I think he got exposed in the the Pro Bowl a few years ago, and that's what worries me. With 66 yards, man, do you know how often you have a 66-yard throw in a game? Almost never. He can hit them 40 yards from where he's standing, and, like, that's 40-yard span. That's the average throw in the NFL deep-wise that you're going to be making. He led the league in deep ball efficiency this year. And that bullshit that Q. he can't throw the deep ball, he gets exposed on the deep ball, is absolutely... No, Q, I, Q I, are, you I, saying, are you saying he's under-throwing the receivers? He's, he's under-throwing the receivers. He, can't, he can keep up with Roddy. He cannot keep up with Julio Jones. Julio Jones will outrun that shit every time. Yeah, and then he works with Julio on it, works with Julio on timing. It's more timing than underthrow than power. That's all a deep pass is. That's all it is. He has the highest accuracy percentage on deep balls all year. All right, Scott, let me ask you a question, a straight-up question. Honest answer. If you could go back to that draft, would you take Matt Ryan or would you take Joe Flacco? Here we go. Here we go. The flag. Matt Ryan every day, all day. Oh, man. What flavor flavor Kool-Aid are you drinking? Is it red? I hope it's red. Man, Flacco's not that good of a quarterback. Matt Ryan's not that good of a quarterback. He's decent, but I think... He's a better team around him, but he's not that good of a quarterback. Mm. I I personally think they're about the same to me. Uh, I don't... I don't think they stand head and shoulders above each other. But that's just my opinion. I think you, Flacco Matt, can do everything. He's got three Super Bowls. Who's got three Super Bowls? If you give Matt Ryan Flacco's defense, he's got three Super Bowls. I don't know about that. Mm, I, yeah. I tell you yeah, this, I though. I tell you this. Joe Flacco can do everything Matt Ryan can do. But at the end of the day, Joe Flacco can throw that 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 uh, that long ball, the deep ball, and Joe Flacco can uh, complete passes in cold weather, which has always been a. It seems like whenever Atlanta goes and plays a cold weather team, they just always suck it up. Although I think they gave Green Bay a, a run for their money on a Monday Night Football game this year, but but other than that, anytime you take an Atlanta quarterback and send him to a cold weather city to play football, they suck it up. I think uh, I think we should have taken Flacco in that draft. That's just my personal opinion, but... It's okay. We can all be wrong. 
Hey, All right. Well, hey, Scott's hey, hey. <laughs> no, well, Scott's, got, Scott's got a point, but uh, Flacco's got a ring, so that's true. Flacco, yeah, Flacco doesn't have a ring because of Flacco. <laughs> I'll put that one right out there. Flacco's got a ring what? because his defense that year was badass. Who's got a big? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I guarantee you, had the Falcons played the we'll Ravens see. that year yeah. in the Superdome, they would have won. I'll tell you what. Matt Ryan is not making that throw that beat the Broncos. The one that went over that defense head on, uh, was that that fourth down? Yes, exactly. Playing in Denver. Exactly. Matt Ryan couldn't have made that throw. Matt Ryan made it. No, for sure. It would have got picked off because it would have been short. Now that's facts. Go ahead, go ahead and reply, Scott. Matt Ryan wouldn't have had to make that throw because he wouldn't have been down at that point. Oh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, I can't argue that. I'm, I'm just because he wouldn't have thrown the, the three picks that Flacco threw in that game. He wouldn't have thrown the picks that Flacco threw in that game to put him in that situation. So Matt Ryan doesn't throw pick sixes? I mean, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I watched that, I watched that, I watched that Carolina game. There's a difference there. There's a difference? Those pick okay. sixes aren't exactly... Every single one of those pick sixes was intended for right. Harry Douglas. Wait, so Harry, Harry gave up on the route? No, Harry just can't run routes in the first place. And, uh, he has a, he has a point there. Uh, Harry and I think uh, Devin Hester were, um, you know, as much as you know, people were excited to see Hester on the field. Hester and then Harry Douglas, I think, were didn't didn't help the offense out as much as people really think they did. Yeah, I, I agree with that. They started off with you know with some flashes this year, especially in that uh, first game that we uh, what, Tampa. Yeah, the, the Tampa game. Yeah. Hester breaking, you know, Dan's record and all that. But after that, he just went down the toilet. I agree on that. But I'd rather have Douglas than Hester if I had to pick one. I'd rather have Hester than Douglas because at least Hester can give you an explosive play in, on his 400 snaps that he's playing with the offense. I, I have to ride with I have to ride with Douglas, man. I've seen oh. a lot from Douglas. I mean, it had to be, you know, he's had some ex- when we needed him, he's been there for the most yeah. part, not all the time, but for the most part. And Douglas can return punts as well. Right. No, he can't. How many punts did he drop? I didn't see him drop too many punts. I he know before his knee injury, he took a few to the house. He's, he's fielding his career. Well, you know, everyone made this big deal about Hester being in, in Atlanta. But, you know, how many times did Hester score this year? He had one punt return. And what, how many how many touchdown receptions did he have? He had two touchdown two? receptions. The same that you get from Harry Douglas every year. Actually, that's a good year for Harry Douglas. But Harry has Harry Douglas Harry, is Harry, Harry, scoring more than one touchdown. Harry has better hands, and I, I don't think that's arguable. Hester dropped one pass less, or actually, they dropped the same amount of passes on about the same amount of opportunities. Mm. Top three there. So, yikes! I'm gonna sworn Hester dropped a lot of passes this it year. It seemed that way. But, <laughs> it yeah. seemed that way to me, and I watched every <laughs> single game. Hester dropped three. Douglas dropped two. Uh, who got more uh, looks? Douglas got 72. Hester got 57. But Hester also got way more yards per catch. And Hester can actually do something with the ball afterwards. All right. Well, He's not a Harry fan. He's in the Hall of Famer. I'm just frustrated with Harry, man. Like He could be so much better than he is if he would just catch the ball and fight for it. 
Yeah, I, I agree with the fighting part because Harry will be okay once he switches deodorants. Once he leaves the secret, <laughs> leaves the secret for ladies alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way he quits playing like a bitch. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, hey, I'm still mad he tripped over his own feet in that San Francisco game when that wheel route. You know, we're trying to drive in that fourth quarter. I'm still mad at that, too. That's really why I'm pissed off at him, too. Let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. All Atlanta, right. Atlanta, I'm with they you, They had the game there. They had the game. Yeah, it was done. I'm with you. He I'm does trip on his feet. He catches the ball. He's done. Like, he's gone. <laughs> like, maybe he gets caught up at the two. But at that point, That's you still got Michael Turner. You're good. Now, now I understand you, Scott. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I'm, I'm with you. So fuck Harry Nettles. Yikes. how you really feel, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, hey. I figured I could be honest with y'all. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. You can be honest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this definitely. is a this is a show all about honesty. Exactly. That's We're just up, man. <laughs> well, let's wrap it up, fellas. Right. I know, man. Hey, Scott, man. I want I want to talk to you after the draft, man. Have some time, man. I want to I want to hear you know hear your analysis on uh, you know what we pick up. Hey, I'm definitely down for that. Well, that's cool. But Scott, man, we really appreciate you taking the time, man, and uh, sitting in. Real with man. Us. Full of knowledge, man. Yeah, man, you taught us a lot of things and, you know, opened our eyes to some things. And, you know, we all have our opinion on, on a lot of things, but, you know, it's, it's we're all we're all Falcons fans, so it's all cool to come together and talk oh, yeah. about it. And uh, you want to give your, uh, give a little shout out to your podcast again? Yeah, my, uh, the show I do is called Falcon Central Radio. I normally do it on YouTube. Um, and then you can also find all my work at Bleacher Report. Nice, nice. There you go. Okay, so all those Bleacher Report uh, uh, notifications, man, that's all you, the ones I get on my phone? The Falcon stuff is either me or it's, like, a national writer on Bleacher, on the Falcons. Like, they're a national writer writing on the Falcons for that one article. Right. Gotcha. So now when I see your awesome. name, I'm like, yeah, I know him. Exactly. <laughs> well, I put, Scott, I know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'll be all right in the comment section. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, we'll be hitting up the comment section. Give me a little hell. <laughs> and I'll be glad. <laughs> well, thanks again. And uh, Q, before we hang up, does the Ouija board have a prediction for the draft? Or the Ouija's out? I was talking to the Ouija and uh, the... The Ouija thinks the Falcons are going to be worse than the uh, last uh, uh, call that the Seahawks had in the Super Bowl. So, the Ouija board got infested with the Saints fan. It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> they'll put a root on you. Be careful. Yeah, exactly. It already got all voodoo on your Ouija board. Man. <laughs> Ouija I would already... throw that thing away. Yeah. It already hit the Cam Newton up. So be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah, be careful. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks again, Scott. And uh, we'll talk to everyone, uh, I guess, in the draft show. All right, cool. Sounds good to me. Thanks for joining us, Scott. Not a problem, oh, man. Thank you, man. All right, guys. Later. Bye. Peace. Bye. Bye.